0: Now enter into chapter five. We only have two more chapters left in this series. Uh, Pastor Anthony and I, this morning, he goes, what series are we in? I said, bro, we've been in it for like 10 weeks. He goes, man, it's been so long that I just forgot. And so I know it's been a long one, but I'm telling you, I think this is putting roots in our church. Uh, just to remind, we're just a little over a year old and and foundation is so important, right? How, how your foundation is, is how you're gonna be as a church. And I needed to lay down some uh, deep, theological roots in our church so that we would know the God that we worship and the kind of people that we need to be from that. And so uh, this morning we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to read through 21 verses. Last week they weren't on the screen. This week they are going to be on the screen. Uh, And so if you have your Bibles, man, open those up. Let me encourage you. I, I haven't done this in a while. If you don't have a Bible, man, I encourage you, go get one. There is something about having... I know I preach from an iPad. But I have my Bible, and there's something special about it, um, and and you can take notes, um, or if you have a, a, take notes in your iPad, in your in your phone, whatever it may be. But uh, just mark certain things uh, that you see in the Scripture, because maybe the Lord wants you to see something uh, that I may not abound on this morning. And so uh, we're gonna talk five, uh, chapter five, verses one through twenty-one. Let's read. Therefore, be the imitators. Of God. Just right there. I could have preached on that this morning by itself. Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in what? Everybody together, walk in as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. And so he's saying, hey, we talked about taking off the old, putting on the new, therefore be imitators of God. Our God is good and he's only good, and this is what we need to be. And he goes, Now, he's going to explain some more things. That's kind of why I said part two of last week. He's going to throw some more things out there that we need to take off from our old self. He says this, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Or may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. Therefore, do not become partners with them. Again, don't go back to your old ways. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Verse 10, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Is there anybody in here this morning who, man, on your day-to-day walk with the Lord, you want to please the Lord, right? And, And that's what it's saying. Hey, just do your best to please the Lord. And it says this, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Verse 15, look carefully then how you walk. This morning, I want to examine our walk with Christ. How's your walk this morning? You need to look carefully at how your walk is Now, reading that, this week I kept reading it. I read it over and over, and then I go highlight as many observations as I can see that that Paul is trying to lay out for us and what he's trying to say. And and I can show you uh, my iPad. You can see all the green is from every observation that I make when I read the text. And I read it over and over, and I was like, man, that's pretty simple. Like, I can read those things, and you could leave here and say, cool, this is who God is. This is who I need to be. These are the things that I need to get out of my life. But man, there's this wrinkle in the text that I want to l- try to dig a little deeper because I don't think the Bible is all about don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. Because if you view the scripture like that, if you view Christianity through that lens, man, it's going to be a measure. You're, you're not, it's not going to last Because all you're focused on is what I'm not supposed to do. And the Bible says that Christ set us free. It was for freedom he set us free. And we need to know what that feels like. And so let's pray and then we're going to tackle this. God, we love you. I thank you for everyone in this room this morning. I believe we're all here on purpose this morning, God. I thank you for everybody who's watching online. I thank you that they took the time to jump on their device to stream uh, this worship service, God. I pray that you would speak to every single one of us. I pray that you would uh, bring to light things in our lives, God, not for the sake of exposing us, God, but for the sake of setting us free because there's nothing like living in freedom, God. That's my prayer this morning, God, that people are set free this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name and everyone said amen. Kids are nasty, right? Even teenagers are nasty. If you're a teenager in here, you're... You probably got some nasty habits in your life, uh, but how many of you remember your nasty habits when you were a teenager, right? I, I had a nasty habit. Uh, man, we, my family was on the go all the time. I, I played a lot of sports growing up, and so I just remember going from one ball field to the soccer field to the football to the baseball. Whatever it may be, we were always going, and, and I remember, you know, taking a shower and, and after getting sweaty and nasty and smelly, not having any deodorant on. Uh, and I remember taking a shower, and finally you get out of the shower, you're clean. And then because we were such in a hurry, I would just look at clothes on the ground, and I'd go, and I'd sniff them, right? Maybe, I had a real bad hat. I'd sniff the crotch of the shorts and, like, and see if they were clean. And i oh, okay, and then put them on, right? And that's what teenagers, that's what young people do. We're, they were nasty. And here, here, here's the idea that I'm trying to paint, though. And here's what I'm trying to preface uh, what we just read. It, wouldn't, it doesn't make sense to go and take a shower and then go put old dirty clothes on, right? How many of you have to tell your kids that these days? None of you. Y'all are great parents. What? <laughs> I am failing as a parent. I'm failing as a parent. But you can't, you can't, it makes no sense. Same thing when we look at the lens of a Christian. It makes no sense that You and I were washed by the blood of Jesus. Every sin, every nasty thing we've ever done, everything that we wish we could take back, we've been washed of it, and on the inside, yet on the outside, it doesn't match it. So just as a kid takes a shower, as a person takes a shower, puts on new clothes, why? Because we want the clean inside to match the clean outside. And God wants the same thing for us. He has cleansed us From the inside and that should work its way on to the outside and so these aren't just a list of things hey don't do that god's not sitting on his chair and saying don't do that man he's saying these things because he wants us to experience freedom in our lives and so we are going to look at some of these things that he talks about uh that he lays out in the first couple of scriptures and again let me be so clear to say these are just not lists of to don'ts. This is a list of, man, we, this is obedience in our life, right? The, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. And so obedience actually shows that you love, okay? Uh, I, I, I don't let, you know, I'm married, th- uh, but I don't cheat on my wife because it's something that you're not supposed to do, Right? It would be foolish of me to say, oh, but there's other re- No, it's because it will destroy my life, right? And so the things that he lists often here, he's saying, hey, these things will destroy your life if you give in to them. And so he lists in some things. And here's the thing that I kind of want to start off with. Some of us have been engaging in these things. The Apostle Paul understood that these are new Christians in, the, in that he was talking to here in Ephesus and he's saying, hey, you're engaging in these things and you're a new creation and you shouldn't be engaging in these. Not because I'm not a fun God and I, I'm trying to be a killjoy, but because I'm a God and I'm a father and I care. And I want you to know what it's like walking in freedom. How many of you have ever been set free from something? There is something special about being set free from addiction, something, uh, set f- something about being set free from bondage and sin, why? Because the scripture says, hey, it's all darkness, darkness, nothing, well, how many of your parents used to say like my parents, nothing happens good after midnight, right? Nothing happens good that's in darkness when the scripture talks about these things because there's lies and then there's, there's fear I was just literally thinking that the Lord brought this to my mind as I was worshiping this morning. Uh, living in darkness is, is, is like there's a fear there that the enemy uses. How many of you have ever lived in a state of fear where you're like, man, I'm going to be found out. I'm going to be found out that I'm a phony, that I don't live the life that I portray to live. Man, if they find out that I was in this place at this time, uh, man, it, it's just not going to be good. And you're constantly in fear, like, man, I'm going to get found out. I was thinking of this uh, uh, that I just referenced to. Uh, I was driving to San Angelo this weekend for my daughter's softball tournament, and me and my wife are in separate cars, and and I'm leading uh, her. And I am breaking the law, and I'm driving way too fast, confession. Uh, I was, because we were running late, and so I'm speeding. But the whole time I'm speeding, what am I thinking? Man, I hope I don't get caught. Man, I hope there's not a highway patrol sitting over the hill, right? And it's just this constant fear when you're driving and you're speeding. It's, it's a constant fear, unless you're balling and you're like, "Oh, speeding tickets, nothing." But me, I'm like, I don't want to pay for a speeding ticket, and it's a constant fear. And sure enough, what comes over the the hill, a highway patrolman, and what hap- everything in me just sinks, and I'm like, "Oh." I'm, I, I, I slam on my brakes, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm done, and he just keeps going. Whoo. And I'm like, Whoo. thank God, thank God. I just need to put it in spe- in, on cruise control, and we'll be all right. So I start speeding again, and I'm going, and I'm going, I'm like going, like, I lose Adriana. She texts me, she's like, you are going way too fast. And I said, we need to be at the ball field at this time. And She said, slow down, and so I'm speeding, and I was like, there's never more than one, right? literally five minutes later, what comes over the hill, highway patrol. And this one, the first one, he sped by me, and I'm like, oh, that dude's speeding. He's not gonna come get me. You know, I was good. This one, I was like, there's no way two times. And sure enough, I just keep looking in my, my mirror, looking, and nothing. And, and even Adriana, she texted me with laughing face emojis because she knows she just saw my brake lights just pumping. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, oh. Man, and for some of you, that's your spiritual state. You're participating in things that that you would almost feel like if your church friends found out, you'd be like, "Oh man, I'd be exposed." I, I, I well, there's this fear that you're going to be found out. Man, and I'm here to let you know that's not the kind of that's not the kind of freedom Christ wants you to live in. Freedom is just like, you have nothing to hide. This is my life. I remember a time in my life where I got a phone call and it was, a, it was a pretty serious one. They're like, hey, this was brought up to my attention. They said this happened. I said, yep. Why? Because I had already uh, exposed that in my own life. So when we expose things in our own life, other people can't expose us, right? And so there's nothing, like, I, I, if I'm honest, there's nothing, especially with, uh, I, not many people pay attention to like, uh, church, like I'm constantly reading things on churches and, and stuff, but there's constantly a pastor uh, being exposed uh, for, for whether they, how they handle church finances, an extramarital affair, all that. Let, let me tell you, uh, as your pastor, nothing scares me uh, where somebody could come and say something about me that this would come falling to pieces. Why? Because I've exposed those things in my life already. Maybe I've exposed them to God. I've exposed them to my wife. I've exposed them uh, to close uh, men in my life. And, and some of us, let me encourage, you need to expose some things in, in your life. Because you've been hiding things in your life that have been in darkness. And you've actually learned how to hide them. You've learned how to manage them. You've learned how uh, to make them look like they're no longer a part of your life. Man, and Christ wants to set you free from those things this morning because that's that that's just lies and fear that you're going to walk you're going to continue to walk in and the scripture just told us we need to walk in love and and to even get there you need to expose some things in your own life and so here's a couple of things that it lists off it less it lists off some sexual sin and and I've hit on this and I hit on this every time sexual sin is brought up in the Bible. Why, why is sexual sin uh, so important to the Apostle Paul? He says because that's the only sin that goes against your body. And as we know, the, the body is the holy temple that the Holy Spirit calls home, that he dwells in. And so, uh, there, there's uh, again, the, the Christian church only likes to look at the sin of homosexuality but in the original Greek language, when it talks about sexual uh, impurity, it's talking about anything that has to do with sexual things. And I know there's children here, so I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna be graphic or anything, but uh, yeah, that's talking anything that you watch. Okay, there, there's times where me and Adriana, we're, we're tired, we lay down in bed, let's turn on a Netflix, we just go to the number one movie in Netflix, right? And you turn it on and it's like, it just starts off with a scene and it's like, oh my God. That, that's sexual impurity. So me and my wife, wisely, we say, we don't want to watch that. We turn it off and we find something else. And so the original Greek word is pornea. And, and I don't even have to explain that word. It, it, there, there's things in your life that deal with any type of sexual impurity. Man, expose that and bring it to the light. Well, what is it that is in darkness? Anything that's outside of the context of marriage. And now let me be... Uh, vulnerable from it. I'm not here to be, if this is you, you're engaging in any type of that. I'm not here. I am here to encourage you that you can be set free, because I lived in that, in darkness for a long time, and I learned how to manage it. I learned how uh, to hide it, and the Lord can set you free. The Lord can set you free. If you are a young person in this room, you protect your purity. Man, that is a gift from God that he has given to you. If you uh, need God, a lot of people didn't protect it. The Lord can restore that. He can redeem that. And so let me just be clear. Any sexual immorality in your life, man, get it out. Get it out of your life. It says that it shouldn't even be named among you. So when people look at your life, that shouldn't even be a hint in your life. And so we need to get that out. And then it moves on to the crude joking and talking. And I think there's tons of people who could, you know, this might step on toes. This goes from anywhere. Honestly, uh, there's things that I, after I read that, I was like, Lord, forgive me. Because it's just not in talk, but we live in a digital age now. So it's things that we uh, maybe share on social media, right? We're laughing at things that probably Christians should not be laughing at. We're sharing things that, Christians should not be sharing and so uh, and that, that's more uh, that kind of entails into sexual that, Why that why so important to Paul that he names all these sexual things because sex is a gift from God and it is a good thing all the married people said marriage conference next <laughs> sex is a good thing and all the married people said Amen. And there's too many times where I see pastors joke about sex in the pulpit, and please, I don't want to do that. And so I'm not here to uh, make crude jokes about it. I'm not here to, uh, because why? Because it is a gift from God, and it is a good thing. And I'm so glad that God in His creation created a man and a woman to be together. And when it happens, it is good. And outside of marriage, it isn't what it is meant to be. Again, so if you're a young person, you wait for that special person that God is going to put in your life. If you're married in here, you need to be experiencing this good gift from God. You should be experiencing a lot. I know this is awkward for some of you are sitting next to your kid like, can we move on? Please. Sorry, kids. I'm only preaching. The Bible's fun. If you don't read your Bible, when I read that, I said, Babe. The Bible is fun. If you read your Bible like, oh, it's boring. You're not reading the Bible I'm reading. (laughs) It is a good gift. And parents, use use this sermon as a doorway to talk to your children about it. Because if you don't, someone will. And they will teach them wrong. I remember driving when I was 16 years old, I was in the vehicle with my parents, and my parents, it was like taboo. You don't talk about it. It's like, you just know not to do it, right? You don't know why you're not supposed to do it, but you just know you don't do it. And, and so we are somehow it got brought up in my family's car, and my mom was like, you better not be doing anything. And my dad's like, and if you are, you better be wearing a condom. And she's like, why? And I was like, that's not the talk. <laughs> it could be shaved in, the talk can happen In a godly atmosphere in a godly way in a manner that glorifies the lord and so i encourage you man talk to your kids but it's a good thing and that's why paul's so adamant about speaking about it because he's like man this is a good thing in the context of marriage between a man and a woman amen and he says hey the reason why we get away from that is because there's no thanksgiving and he he actually refers to this twice he goes now let, but let there be thanksgiving don't do these things but let there be thanksgiving so man, that's why i'm saying i am thankful for that i am thankful because when we're thankful we enjoy when we're when we're thankful we enjoy in the context and in the manner that god has given it to us and so i'm so thankful you should be praying you should be thanking the Lord for your spouse. You should be thanking your, the, the Lord for your time of intimacy with your uh, spouse. When's the, time, the last time you thank the Lord for that? You should thank the Lord for that because it is a good gift and not something to joke about. And we live in a culture, in a day and age, that that's all we do. You turn on the TV, you turn on the radio, you turn on Instagram, Facebook, there is sexual talking and joking all the time and the church should be different because the church sees it as holy what's holy it's different it is different so that's why we should hold it so high not just in our actions but also in our speech your speech should reflect that you are a new person And then it goes into, it says, let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon them, the sons of disobedience. Do not become partners with them. It talks about darkness, that you are the light. Walk as children of the light. So don't engage. I want to now jump down to a couple verses because it also starts listing off more things that it, it engages in. And it says there, do not be foolish, but understand the will of the Lord and do not get drunk, With wine. I have never uh, in my 10 years of pastoral ministry, uh, well in youth ministry I did, but uh, no, I'm sorry, I didn't uh, talk about this as in depth as I'm about to. But before, let me preface with this because it says do not get drunk with wine. Let me preface this. There's going to be two types of people in here, maybe three. There's going to be one when I make this statement, you're going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe that. Uh, We are not longer coming to this church anymore. And you're self-righteous, and your view on it is self-righteous. And then you're going to be over here, and you're going to hear this, and you be like, let's go get a kegger, let's go. And there is a middle ground. So please, hear me clearly. And, and you, th- th- we all have different paths, we have different stories. The scripture's clear. Dr- drunkenness is a sin. Drunkenness does not belong to, the, to, to children of God the kingdom, you will not enter the kingdom as a drunkard. And it says this, and that's why it says, that is debauchery. Don't engage in drunkenness. Okay? Now, let me come over here and let me kind of step on the toes of maybe the self-righteous who view people who do drink and think, oh my God, they're going to burn in hell and go, because I've heard it from pulpits. I saw a post this past week from a pastor that said, uh, drinking, drinking and cussing Christians. Uh, some, I can't remember what, the whole thing. And I looked at it, I was like, dude, but you are, you're an overweight glutton. Let's, let's talk about that. Right, we're good at, I didn't, I didn't comment that. I didn't comment. <laughs> some of you are like, dang! I should have kept it real. I didn't comment that. But th- here's what I'm trying to say. We're very good at looking at other people and pointing out their sin. Very good at it. So let me go ahead and make this statement. I don't think, some people will enjoy a glass of wine with their steak, enjoy a glass of wine at their dinner time. As your pastor, I like to enjoy a drink with my dinner. So if you ever see me at a restaurant with my wife and I have a drink on my table, please know I'm not partaking. And very rarely will you see that because I'm very wise about when I do it. But th- because there's wisdom, right? You do things at a certain time, certain place, certain setting around certain people. It's not fake, it's wisdom. And now, let me, I will never encourage somebody to, to, to enjoy something at their dinner time like that. Because some of you have stories that you need to get completely away from it. You cannot handle it. And so I am not here to encourage you to continue doing that and trying to battle that. I've never in my lifetime struggled with that, with drunkenness and, and alcoholism. And so, again, I, I do, as your pastor, and I want you to know that, but you'll never find me at the club or at the, at, at the restaurants getting drunk, oh, even at home. Okay? And, and, and this is, again, this is, not an, this is another taboo thing that people don't talk about in church, right? As a kid, I was like, oh, my God, nobody drinks. And then I get an adult, and I'm like, man, everybody drinks. They just hide it, <laughs> right? You're laughing because it's true. And then I started working in the school system, and I was like, oh, my Like, I'm not even going to go. I ain't even going to go there. I remember old teachers like, don't do drugs and drinking. I work in the school system. I was like, when are we partying? Like, <laughs> I need to quit. All right. Now, again, this is not a license to go and say, oh, man, then I can just go. Again, because some of you have passed that alcohol has destroyed your family. You have seen it destroy marriages. You have seen it destroy your parents. You have just seen it bring destruction and destruction only in your family. And you need to run from it. You need to get away from it. Don't even mess with it. Again, this is another thing that if you're a parent in this room, you need to talk to your kids because I guarantee there's kids as early as junior high that kids are, heck, we had a teacher who's, they're not here today. He told me, he teaches third grade that a kid threw uh, one of the little tequila bottles in a bottle and he was drinking it in his classroom. So it's happening earlier than you think. And your kids, my kids know. My kids know about alcohol because I remember the first time Kinley saw us and she was the, at the age to understand and me and mom were having a drink and she's like, oh, like she just broke down in tears and thought that her mom and dad were the worst people in the world. And you know what, I could have freaked out but I didn't. I sat my child down and I explained to her, anything that you overindulge in, I said, you watch too much TV, you, you, you eat too much food, you, you gossip, you, you do any of those things, that's sinful. Are you, are you hearing me clear this morning? I, I, I have for a long time knew I was going to address this. Because we've had people who, who, who view it, you come from an old school, like, again, that if you even look at beer, you're going to hell. And that's just not what Scripture teaches. Scripture never forbids it. It forbids drunkenness. All right? And so there's, a, again, I thank God. When's the last time you thank God for your taste buds? What a gift. When you put that food and that drink in your mouth, you're like, man, it's so good. Same thing. God has given us good gifts, but we can't turn them into gods in our life. I'm not going to spend any more time on that. Please don't email me. (laughs) All right. We good? We getting this? There's things in our lives that we need to expose. We need to bring them to light. It says, do it, we, we've talked about our actions in our life. We've talked about the speech in our life, right? He could have gone on forever. He could have gone on about gossip, talking about people, how we, how we talk about people. Why? Not because he says it's a to-do, do, to-don't list. It's because he wants you to walk in line. He, he, he knows that all those things lead to destruction, that's all they do. And they will destroy your life. You keep talking bad about people and it's going to destroy your life. You're not going to have any friends. You, you keep overeating, it's going to destroy your life. You, you, you keep it, it just binge watching every weekend, Netflix, all the time, it's going to destroy your life and it's going to destroy relationships in your life. right? And so these things he says hey don't engage in them instead walk in so let's talk about walking in light let's talk about walking in love we all talked about man we know what it feels like when we have done something and man we're just scared that somebody's going to find out that it's going to be like <sighs> Some of you in here, you're sitting to cl- some of your closest friends, some of you are sitting here to people who you think you know, but you all, you're, you're also sitting next to people who, if in, in your own mind, if they were to find out about you, you're like, man, they wouldn't like me. And guess what? We can be set free from the approval of man. Why? Because we've been set free by, from Christ. And that's the only approval that I need. That's the only approval that I have all the time, is God's. Why? Because of Jesus. And if I have his approval all the time, believe me, and I say this with humility to, uh, to, to, to this church, I am not scared of what you think of me if you find out some of my past. Why? Because I've been set free from my past, and the Lord has forgiven me, and he loves me, and he approves me. Same thing for you. I'm not saying you need to just go tell all your business to everybody because not everybody wants to know your business. Not everybody should know your business. But I'm just encouraging, man, don't have this fear that, oh, if they find out this about me. Because guess what? You can't walk in love if that's all you're worried about. You can't walk in love because what is walking in love? Walking in love is selflessness. And if you're too worried about me, you can't walk in that. And so, this morning, I want to encourage you, walk into light. Bring whatever you have uh, been hiding in darkness, bring it to light. First thing, you, you go to God. Man, but I've been going to God. I've been, I, I have asked for forgiveness over and over and over. Man, but have you gone to God and say, just and with, like, you really want to get it out of your life? And if you really do, I encourage you, we talked about this a little bit last week, you need to go to someone who is close to you. Not someone who's just gonna approve it and and joke about it with you, but someone you can trust, who's not gonna one day try to use it against you. And, And you need to expose yourself. And let me tell you, it is the hardest thing that you'll ever do. Exposing yourself is not fun. Exposing yourself doesn't feel good. At the time, honestly, it feels nasty. It feels gross but my lord what it brings you to it is so freeing and you're able to walk in love so expose the darkness in your life because it is free why do we do this because we're his children we are god's children right my children, I want them to be a certain type of people. We, we, we do things because we're Rodriguez's, and we don't do things because we're Rodriguez's. They don't do those things, not because they'll lose uh, their father, their father will disown them, but they do them because they love their dad, and I ask them not to do that because I love them. Right, that's the reason. This morning, too many of us have for too long looked at Scripture saying, man, God just doesn't want me to do anything. I can't have any fun. I can't do this, and I can't do that. When in all actuality, man, if we actually do the things He's called us to do, and, and, and command us to do, which is to walk in love, it is so much more enjoyable than those things. Because that's why people, that's why people go get drunk. That's, that, that's why people gossip. That's why people all kinds of engage in sinful things because they're trying to fill this void they're trying to bring something in their life that they don't seem to think is there but in christ it's all there it is all there some of you may have forgotten about it some of you may have not known about it and i'm here to tell you this is what he puts on the table this is what he offers to his children just simple guardrails in our life that he knows that if we engage in them, they will destroy our life. And so that is my encouragement to you this morning. You, you need to uh, not engage. You, you, you need to walk in love, walk in light. Why? Because he set you free already and we don't return to those things. And the last thing he says, giving thanks always. Again, there it is. He says, actually, be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's why this is another reason why we sing. Because there is something about worship that does something to us. It brings thankfulness in our hearts. It brings joy in our hearts. it, It reminds us that I'm not in control. He's in control. And if He's in control, I don't have to fear. I don't have to worry. I don't have to make up scenarios in my mind that I think are happening that aren't actually happening. But He's in control. And if I worship him, all that will come is thanksgiving. God, I'm thankful that I'm not that person. I'm thankful I don't partake in those things anymore. I'm thankful that you have set me free. Now, here's the, and Raul, you guys can come up. This is the the careful thing we need to do, though, and a quick reminder, and I'm not going to talk about it, but those things bring thankfulness, and they remind us that I'm glad I don't partake in those things anymore, but we should not treat the ones who do partake in that in such a way, right? That's why the church gets a bad rap because then we get our noses up in the air. we should love them even more. He doesn't say stop loving them that partake in this. He says just don't partner with them in those things. And that's what he's encouraging us this morning. And he finishes it off, singing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, making a melody to the Lord with your heart. Give thanks always, everybody say always, you, you you find yourself partaking in those things, turn on some worship music and just give thanks. You find yourself those things creeping into your home, blare some worship music in your home and see if that don't bring thanksgiving, if that don't change the atmosphere of your home, if that don't begin to change your heart. If you got a lot of fear of past things that you did engage in, be reminded that He's good and He's forgiven you and you are washed. Now just walk in. Let the outside match the inside. Submitting to one another out of reverence in Christ. And right here, He begins to lay down the idea of submitting. First, He says, submit to one another. Submit, to, I love that idea. One. Now, let they're Submitting. Not a bird in 2022 submitting is kind of frowned upon and looked down on as, as if it takes who you are yet over and over and over he says submit in the first place we see the paul the apostle paul lay this out in ephesians he says hey submit to one another next he's uh, next our next chapter or not chapter next couple of verses he's going to speak to wives and husbands thank God next week I'm going to be out of town. Let me preface, I'm going to be out of town and I'm thankful because when I went and saw what I was preaching on, it's wives and husbands. I'm like, boy, I need two weeks to prepare for this. And you're going to have a wonderful speaker. He's ready to go. He's going to share his heart. But first he says, submit to one another. Why do you come to church? It's not for you. But this is an us thing. I don't come to church every week because I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. You ever thought of coming to church? Man, maybe they need me there next to them. Maybe they need their need me sitting with them. Maybe they need, the Bible says, stir one another up in, in things to do for Christ. You can't do that if you're not weekly coming and engaging in worship can't submit to one another if you're not here so too long the church has just been you need to be at church because you need to be at church no you need to be at church because this is a good thing that god gave us and it does something to you when you don't attend how many of you uh, you've been regularly attending real church and you maybe you skip a week maybe two weeks and then you realize man my attitude's been kind of crappy lately my mood I, i just don't feel right What is it? Why do I feel that? It's because you're not in community, you're not. Man, this week, we're gonna have our last Wednesday night as real groups for the second, next semester starts next fall. Get in real group. There's tons of people I'm looking, people on stage, people in the back, people in the audience who have been a part of real groups on Wednesday nights, hour and a half, every Wednesday. We go, we eat together, we laugh together, pray together, we talk about the word of God together. This week uh, or two weeks ago, JC was sharing with me, man, our small group was talking about this situation at my workplace and one of uh, Pam, Raul's wife, who also plays the guitar, she just began to claim that something was going to happen. He comes back t- a couple weeks later and he's sharing with me how he got like a double promotion. He jumped people. Man, it, that's news. You go back to that group, you celebrate together. It's because they submit to one another. Everything that we talked about today, the don'ts, it's because it's, it'll bring destruction in your life. The do's, it's because it's going to make your life flourish. You're going to be able to endure. You're going to be able, uh, because let me tell you, you're, that's where also you can have people to endure with, to weep with, to lament with. So next semester, when really, we have three right now that are in existence. Next semester, Pastor Anthony and I said we would like to have six in existence. It's about ten people in each group. And let me tell you, it's been one of the best things I've ever been a part of. And this Wednesday, we're going to celebrate all together, all our real groups. It just goes deeper than this. This is this is easy. I tell people this is easy. Coming to church, sitting. Uh, you don't have to necessarily engage with anybody. But when you're in a living room with 10 other people, when you're at a dinner table with 12 other people, you're going to get to know one another. And you're going to learn how to submit to one another. And you're going to see the beautiful picture that Christ, that Paul paints. Hey, not destruction, life. Life. And So this morning, that's all I want our church to have. I just want life for you. So if we just walk in love in our relationships with one another, and how we do that, that's what we talked about this morning, how we walk in love in our relationships. And we're going to see, we're going to be the light in our workplace, in our communities, in our families. And that's the whole mission of real church, to point real people to a real Jesus with a real love. Father, I thank you so much for everyone in this room. God, I thank you that first and foremost, you are a good God. You don't stop being good. You don't know how to stop being good. It's in your character and nature to be good. You are different. You are holy. You are perfect. You're a good father. And so the things that you lay out to us in Scripture, God, I pray that we view them from a loving father. We view them from a father who cares about his children. We view them from a father who wants them to have life and life abundantly. We see them from a father who cares deeply for his children, who he doesn't want his children to hurt and to mourn God and to bring destruction in their life. But he wants his children to flourish and have life. So God, I pray that as we've read for the last two weeks and things that we don't want to engage in and things that we should engage in, we be reminded it's because it's in your nature as a Father to want good for His children. Father, right now, I pray for the ones who have been engaging in darkness. God, I'm not here to frown upon them. I'm not here to beat them over the head with Scripture. I'm not here to do any of that. I'm here to point them to a Father who has more for them, who has purpose for them. And you want them to walk in that purpose, God. And so right now, whatever the Holy, your Holy Spirit is bringing in the life, uh, in the light in their hearts right now, God, I pray, no shame, no condemnation comes up, but just a willingness to give it to you, a willingness to lay it at your feet and say, I don't want to engage in that anymore. I want the Father. God, I I believe you're setting people right now. Maybe they've been engaging temporarily, God, in reminding them you want life for them, not destruction. God, pray for the person who doesn't know your son Jesus as Lord and Savior. Father, that's all they know is they don't have an old self. It's just them. God, I pray that they can experience what it is to be a new person in Christ. Not based on being a better person, but based on the finished work of Christ. As we sing, the cross had the final word. That cross, because of the cross, it set us free. It gave us freedom, redeemed us. It reminded us that we are loved. It reminded us that you are good and we are not. It reminded us that that is the only pathway to heaven. And so, Father, I thank you for that Submitting their heart to you to be a new creation. Set them free, God. No longer recognizable to their friends and their family. So, Father, I pray that this week you would help us walk in love, walk in light. Help us expose darkness in our lives so that we can bring glory to a beautiful, wonderful Savior in Jesus. Father, we love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, will you stand with me and worship?